And I just feel like part of what I feel as a mission is witnessing to other women how much they have to offer and how much they have to bring to the world and the amount of the difference that they can make in those around them, regardless of whether they see it right now or not. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. So when I was thinking about what I wanted to say about today's episode, I I have to tell you, I came across, I was scrolling Instagram as I do, I'm going to admit. But anyway, I was scrolling Instagram and I came across uh, a quote that really jumped out at me. It said, there's going to be very painful moments in your life that will change your entire world in a matter of minutes. These moments will change you. Let them make you stronger, smarter, and kinder. That was written by Aaron Van Vuren, who I guess writes a lot of poetry and and posts it on social and uh, has grown quite a following, which I didn't hadn't even heard of her before, but I thought, wow, yeah. and And it really applies to today because, my guest is Karen Herbert. She's the CEO and founder of Themelios Coaching. What happened is she became certified as a core energy coach after she faced chronic Lyme's disease and also managing a series of uh, parenting crises as a mom. So she works with midlife moms in her coaching. And I'm just going to read straight something straight from her website because... I really feel like this um, is a great intro for her. She says, I've been a homeschooling mom, a private school mom, a public school mom, a special challenges mom, a volunteer mom, and a chronically ill mom. My husband Curtis has on various occasions called me a food magician, a chauffeur, a medical case manager, an education consultant, and a pet psychologist. (laughs) Like each of you, I've experienced real challenges in my family life and professional life. I've experienced suffering, self-doubt, guilt, and regret. I've also experienced joy, satisfaction, purpose, and connection. I've raised three young adults who sometimes struggle and sometimes thrive. As I approached and entered the empty nester years, I had to dig deep in times of trial and transition to reconnect with my authentic self, to unlock new purpose, and to create the engagement and relationships I want in my life. That, right there, is why I knew I needed to have her on the podcast. So I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. I'm just going to jump right into it here. So without further ado, here's Karen Herbert. Hey, Karen, thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, Yvonne. Thanks for having me. I've been really looking forward to chatting with you. I have too. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has been. Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, So I always like to say where I met people, and I got this really nice email from your husband, Curtis, telling me a little bit about your story and what you've been doing, and I think people need to hear your story. So I'm really excited. And then we kind of had a little back and forth, and, and then here we are today. But that time yes. flew by. Can I just tell it you? It did. It seemed like it was far in the future and all of a sudden, poof. Poof. <laughs> Here we are. That's the story of my life, man. Poof. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to be 80 and I'm going to be like, ah! what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I blinked. <laughs> Absolutely. It gets, it gets more and more like that as I get older. Is that true for you too? I really do experience that. I really yeah. do. In fact, it's sort of one of... Um, One of the drivers of our business was we started to look ahead at just how quickly the next 20 years could poof by like that. Mm -hmm. And we thought, oh, 
man, we need to be intentional. We Ooh. need to really think about how we want to use this time because it, it's such, I don't know what the right word is. It's rich. It's fertile time. It's mm. like, you've done all this hard work. You have the wisdom, you have the experience. And there's so many ways and opportunities in today's age to really embrace that and bring a lot of great things to the world. So, oh my gosh. So you're speaking my language, Karen. For I love that. Sure. I can't, I, and that's actually one of the reasons I started my podcast is I started looking at my next 20 to 30 years with that in mind and thinking about what was possible instead of kind of dreading it like I had been previously. Yes. Um, so man, oh man, I cannot wait to to get in and, and talk about it all. So when he got in touch with me, uh, the thing that he told me was that you had been diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease, which I know, I know how debilitating that can be. That is something that is real and, and it just kind of comes and goes, right? The As a circular thing. It does. And, and I know everybody's experience is different and everyone's journey and symptoms are different, mm -hmm. but I do find there are peaks and valleys in terms of how affected I feel in my health due to the limes, and, and how it's, it's sort of always there. And then at times you feel like, you know, things get harder in, in certain seasons yeah. and, and it's, it can be very discouraging actually, because things affect you differently. Like just recently, one of my kids got sick and for them, you know, it's a 24 hour bug. And for me, it's five days of trying mm. to work through the illness. And so there's things like that, that just can, can pull you down and be discouraging without the right frame of mind and yeah. the right approach yeah. to the issue. But you speaking of frame of mind, and this is where I was like very interested in your story. You that was a a launching point for you, if I if I'm on target, to become a core energy coach, which I want to hear more about, like what that is. And yes. um, and I know that you have you have three kids. They're in college now. Are all of them in college now? Uh, my last one has been at college for a semester. Wow. <laughs> She's back home uh, through the end of the year and she'll formally graduate from high school in May. Oh, did she not get to walk because of COVID and all that craziness? Well, I live in Minnesota and actually just uh, a plug-in for Minnesota. They have this amazing program where kids in high school can choose to attend college and take college classes in their juniors and senior years of high school. Oh. So she was accepted the program. So for the last two years, technically she's in high school, but she's been attending college classes and has even lived on campus. Um, so she, so you've got three kids in college, kind of graduating, and the the Lyme disease came up while you while they were younger, right? How long has it been since you? Well, I was trying to remember actually. I'm pretty sure it was, it's been about six years mm -hmm. since I first realized I had limes, and that I had had it for a year or two at that point, it's but often diagnose, what happens, right? it's very hard to diagnose. I consider myself very lucky that fairly soon into my harsher symptoms, I did find a doctor who was Lyme literate and could say, it's not just whether you have a Lyme's test positive or negative, it actually is a lot of other symptoms and, and we need to look at other things. So mm -hmm. I feel very lucky because people go a long time often without yeah. knowing. And a lot of is. times get told that it's in their head, that this is, you know, psychosomatic things and uh, just craziness, right? Yes. Or it's a, or it's a similar uh, set of symptoms for different autoimmune disease. And, yeah. and that's very common as well. Yep, there's a lot of co-infection stuff that can happen and come along with it, right? Yes. Um, so six years and your kids, your youngest is 18 now. So I'm doing the math on that. I'm not a, I'm not good at math, but I'm, I'm putting your 18 year old at 12. And so you had teenagers. So I did. So you're in the middle of Teenagerville and with three kids i have two and i'm just gonna bow down to you right now with three kids because that's exponentially more than two um and 
I can only imagine how hard that in and of itself would be. It was, it was very interesting in terms of the family dynamic and the, and the family shift. And of course you feel horrible about being sick, being in bed, having a challenge to get your kids where they need to be or provide the support. And so there's a lot of natural inclinations to feel guilty and get very discouraged. Yeah. Ironically, I'm not saying there aren't a lot of challenges for a family when the mom is ill. At the same time, it is a real opportunity for the rest of the family to step into a new way of being in the family and Mm. to take on certain kinds of responsibility Mm -hmm. and step into new roles and and learn what it means when mom can't do xyz well how am i going to provide that for myself or get it to happen or take more different kinds of responsibility so there definitely were a lot of positive outcomes as well in terms of my kids' growth and their independence and taking on new kinds of responsibility in the house. I bet. So you're trying to mom and you're sick. And at what point, like, was there a breaking point for you? Was there a point where you were at your lowest and you were like, I've got to figure something better out? Well, I remember on numerous occasions my husband Curtis said to me, this is a, this is a hard time for you and, and you need to find some ways to encourage yourself and, and give yourself life. And it's just very hard as a mom to hear that because all that I was seeing obviously was all the basic responsibilities I couldn't meet for anyone else or for myself. So to me, it hears like, this is the totally worst time to try to carve out something for myself. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, practically and externally, that was true. On the other hand, it was also one of the most important times for me to do it for myself in terms of my own mental health and my own motivation and my own ability to engage with life in some way, whatever that looked like. And there was a good year where I was on some heavy medication and I did spend a lot of that year in bed. And it was really one of the things that I could do with that time was to reach out and start to think about, okay, I feel really burdened. I feel like I'm at the effect of all these life situations around me, my health and my kids have some challenges. They needed a lot of support. My husband's job was very demanding at the time. And it's easy to see all of that. And yet, ironically, it was actually the perfect time to start looking for what do I need to not feel at the effect of all these things around me? Because there are things I'm meant to be doing with my life. And I, if I'm meant to be doing them, I really ought to be able to do them despite everything around me. And, and it takes some letting go of other things that I thought were important to redirect myself and my energy towards what, what in the midst of this am I meant to be doing. And that's when I just very randomly encountered a coach through, you know, one type of volunteer work that I I could still do from my bedroom, <laughs> from my mm-hmm. pillow. And, and it was a very powerful experience. And it was the perfect time to encounter that kind of support and start to create new perspectives and new dreams for my life. That's some very high level thinking, Karen. Um, for somebody who is for what I'm hearing bedridden mm-hmm. and that's some very high level awareness of still realizing that you need purpose mm. and that 
you know, because it, I can imagine if I, if I was in the situation, I might want to just feel very victim, victimized, you know, how, how, like, what was it that, that had you look at, did, did you read a book that tapped into that for you? I'm curious about the, the volunteering that you said you were able to do from that mm -hmm. time. Like, was that part of it? What was it like looking back? Was there a touchstone for you that tapped you into that kind of thinking? Well, it's interesting you, you use that word victimized because in our core energy coaching, that's kind of actually how we talk about it is that there are times when we just feel the victim of our circumstances. Yeah. And it's kind of a word that I think doesn't always sit well with people because we don't want to be victims, but it, right. it really, I think articulates being in this situation of somehow I don't feel like I have the power to influence my life and to live it and engage with it in, in the way I really want to. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that really was burdening me at the time was feeling like I was a victim of my circumstances and and which is completely I, understandable, by the way. Yes. Yes. You know, especially when you've got something physical and it's chronic, I think there's, there's, that is such a difficult thing to overcome is chronic pain or chronic anything that, that is there with you all the time, bringing your energy down and to, and it, it can make you, it, it can mess with your emotions and your head and all that stuff. That, that is very true. And it, it sort of goes along with all of the, the physical health. And I know it's true for people with mental health challenges and other challenges is how it affects your outlook, your perspective, your, your verve for life and, and capacity for enjoyment. And really in many ways i came to learn through the coaching process that i do have more influence than i think often over what my experience of life is what happens in my life around my relationships and it's not so much control because there's a lot that we do not control right <laughs> and so so much so it's letting go of control actually but then coming to a new understanding of what it means to have influence for myself and for others and to be able to make changes and that was really the key thing i took out of that coaching experience was i have more influence than i think I can change things in ways that perhaps I don't see right now, but there's more opportunity than I see right now. Yeah. How did you, so what was the volunteer work you were doing and how did you come across the coaching program through that? I'm curious. Well, I was serving on as a volunteer on a board of directors for a nonprofit in my community. Mm -hmm. And we ended up hiring a coach for some of the employees of the nonprofit. And I was involved in that hiring process. I got to know this coach and I had never really seriously encountered life coaching or its other versions previously. So I hadn't any idea about what that meant, mm -hmm. but it was a, such a great fit with who I am and what motivates and draws me more intuitively that I really opened my eyes to a whole new kind of profession and I was sold right away. Wow. Wow. T can you tell me a little bit about what, what is core energy coaching? Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I've met in, in what I'm doing these days, I do meet a lot of life coaches and there's different certifications and there's different, you know, different tactics and all that. So what is core energy life coaching? Well, it's really rooted in the framework that we show up every day with certain kinds of energy and it, our energy is going to really drive 
how we experience our day and the situations in our day. It's, it's this accumulation of all of our life experience, our outlooks, our perspectives, the way we interpret things, the assumptions we make. It's part of it is bringing who we are to the situations of our life and everything that goes along with that. So all of this is gonna create our energy and, and it, our energy, part of it is, right, how we respond to things. Our, our own perspectives, frameworks, belief systems are going to create the energy we have and the energy we experience in our life. And there actually are ways to understand different levels of energy and come to know both the energy we're experiencing in certain areas of our life and the energy we're bringing. And if we choose, there are things we can do to shift our energy to be the kind of energy we want. For example, if I notice, I do have victim energy around a certain relationship or a certain area of my life, I can make changes to bring the kind of energy that's really going to be more influential for me and get me the results I want and help me to be the kind of person I want to be yeah. in that area of life. So, okay. So I love this example of being in an, a relationship where there's a feeling of, of being the victim in the relationship. What kind of shift can a person make in a situation like that? Let's say there's a let's say there's a well-established pattern. Let's say it's a parent-child relationship. So it goes way, way back. Mm -hmm. So there's a number of different ways to work through that and that, that we, number of different tools and skills we use to work through that with clients. But basically you wanna have the development of a certain kind of awareness around your energy. Because sometimes it's not, the whole relationship that we have, for example, victim energy around, sometimes it's just this one issue in the relationship. And, and I, if we think about, say, a relationship, if we have a spouse or a significant other, mm -hmm. we can have lots of very high energy around that relationship. But then, you know, you get to that one topic. Yes, there's the one, one thing issue. like you, you always seem to come back around to it, right? That's yes. hilarious. Yes, yes. I think probably anybody who's married or has been in a long relationship at any point can relate to that. Can okay. relate to that. Yes. So sometimes the, the energy shows up in that. And, and there's basically two kinds of energy. And one is catabolic energy. And that's just the kind of energy that drains us and sucks the life from us. And it's where we feel either like we don't have any power or we have a lot of fear and anxiety, mm -hmm. or maybe we have some, um, some conflictual energy, right? Where it's blame oriented or judgment oriented, things are black and white. Those kinds of energy are really going to detract from having the success that we want in that relationship or that specific area of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And you can contrast that with anabolic energy, which is a kind of energy that's very upbuilding that really allows for new growth and new development and, and progress and positivity together. And so that's going to be characterized by several things like being able to release blame and judgment, being able to seek win-win. And uh, one thing I feel like is very interesting about win-win is we do a lot of compromising. And I'd say even sp more specifically in our relationships, our go-to can be compromised. When we actually understand what a win-win is and we bring this very positive, solution-oriented, creative, collaborative energy to these things in our life that we've been compromising on for so long, it just totally shifts the situation. It shifts um, what the possibilities are. It shifts the way the other person responds to me. <laughs> and it shifts our perspective and outlook around 
what's possible or what could actually be achieved in this yeah, situation. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a, a like a, 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 for instance, like, a, I don't know, a, maybe around your, your Lyme disease, like how were you able to shift your energy? Did, what were the, like, is there a step you took to kind of go, okay, well, this is going to be with me. I don't know. Like, how how do you shift that energy? Well, I have to come back to certain foundational principles often. Mm -hmm. And as I was mentioning, even just last week, I got sick and it was extended. Mm -hmm. And I started to get discouraged and think of all the other wonderful things I could be doing (laughs) besides being sick. Mm -hmm. And so... I've established for myself foundational principles, mindsets, um, ways to manage when those negative thoughts come up about my situation and what's going on to really shift into a different frame of mind around what's really possible for me. And, um, And sometimes it happens just sort of randomly. You know, like this last time when I was sick, it just took getting out of bed and going to the basement and turning on the Olympics, which we normally don't have cable and we don't get, but we got a subscription Mm -hmm. and just having the wherewithal to say, there's an environmental factor here for me and need to change my environment to try to shift my mood and my mindset. So, so like getting out of your bed and going to a different space. And what I'm hearing is watching something that is kind of inspirational. You're watching people do amazing things. It's I could so definitely see where there'd be an energy shift that way. Yes. Yeah. And in, in core energy coaching, we look at sort of six main influencers. So the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, the social, the physical, and the environmental. And those are all things that are going to affect your energy. And any any shifts in any of those areas, either practical shifts or mindset shifts or changes in what I'm trying can work to shift your energy. And over time as an individual, you'll start to notice the things that really work for you mm-hmm. to shift mm-hmm. your own energy. And they, it is individual, right? So it takes some trial and error and work to dig into those six areas and find the things that work for you to shift yeah. your energy. Yeah. I'm thinking about, for me, um, one of the things, well, I started getting up earlier in the morning I, I was I was at 48. I realized I I was low energy, low focus, feeling lonely, definitely in victim mode, all kinds of stuff. And I realized I needed to change. I came across Mel Robbins' book, The Five Second Rule, and her story um, really like echoed so much of my own. And one of the things that she had done for herself to turn things around was to stop hitting the snooze button in the morning. And I realized, yeah, that is really messing up my mornings. I am starting behind the eight ball every day, feeling upset and angry at myself, at my kids. We're late. We're scrambling. It's like this this terrible cycle, you know? So I decided to set my alarm across the room, start getting ice, and I thought, I'm going to get up early every day, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to 30 days of meditation and exercise and just see what that does. And it, it was really hard, Karen, I'm not going to lie. It was really hard because I'm not a morning person and it was really early. And, but having the alarm across the room was great because I had to put my feet on the floor. And then once my feet were on the floor, then there was a decision involved in whether or not I was going to hit a snooze button or keep moving, you know, and my feet were already on the floor. So it was like part of the decision had already been made, you know, and I was able to do that. And then after a few weeks of it, everything started to shift for me. It was incredible. Mm. These days, and, and you know, I'm not going to say it's all 
it's all like, okay, one and done and I'm done now and all great with the world because I still have ups and downs and, and, and all that stuff. But like recently I've been realizing, okay, I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I've, I've, I've got a lot of big things I'm planning right now, feeling overwhelmed and that's making me feel low energy. And I've just been like turning on music in the middle of the day at my low point and doing like a little dance break. And that is an energy shift that is like, woohoo, <laughs> you know, is that kind it of- It is so surprising what something like music can do for energy. And I definitely can relate to that. I've built many habits myself around incorporating that in places where you just need to get over the energy hump and get into the shift. And I think what you're saying is so relatable for all of us that when we find those right shifts for us, and sometimes mm -hmm. they're small, mm -hmm. when you find the right shift, it creates this sort of momentum in this spiral. And then you start to see, oh, well, that was pretty successful, hard maybe, but successful. Mm -hmm. And maybe I could do this other thing. And it's, you start to have a lot more positivity around what you're doing in life. And so I really do like that example you gave. For me, it's slightly, it's, it's slightly different things because of my health that mm -hmm. I have to do to shift my energy because I do have to get a lot of sleep. And it's very easy for me to get into kind of a thought rut around, well, here I go again, half my morning is gone. Oh, if only I could get up earlier and, and do all these things. So a lot of my strategies are managing that kind of victim energy and replacing it with a different kind of energy. And so I think, you know, you do it through journaling, like what, so when you've got that kind of, like, I can see where getting up early is not going to serve you necessarily. You need that extra time. You need to rest. Um, does, is it when you're dealing with mindset stuff? I mean, that for me has been meditation and journaling is another tool that I use sometime. I'm right now I'm on a challenge for a 90 day because that's always the thing that drops off my list is the journaling. And I know it makes a difference. What do you do to 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 deal with like a, a pure mind shift or a mindset shift? Yes. So I think the most important thing is is to figure out okay, what am I really telling myself and what does it mean to me? Like, what does it mean to me that I have to get up quote unquote late and mm -hmm. I can't do a lot in the evening because I get tired and so I feel limited. So what am I really telling myself? And it's often, you know, at the root, it's going to be something like you really can't have success with what you want. Mm. You really can't enjoy all these things that you used to enjoy. Um, you won't be able to, you know, create these milestones and feel successful. You're, you're, you're going to be unproductive, right? Or sometimes you do even feel, start to feel a little lazy and start to self-judge around well, if only I had a different personality, if only I was more motivated and had more control, I would, mm -hmm. I would do X, Y, Z. So, so I have to get really aware about kind of what I'm actually saying and what I think it means and start to question that meaning. Mm -hmm. Does it really mean I can't have success at the things I want to achieve? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that doesn't have to mean that unless I decide it means that. Do I have to be very discouraged about my situation? Well, that emotion of discouragement comes from what I'm telling myself and what I'm allowing that to mean for me. And then we sort of, um, there's actually a number of things I do both with my clients and myself around well, what else could this mean? It could mean a hundred different things. It only means this to me 
because I've created this little, you know, neurological pattern in my brain. <laughs> and that's how my meaning circuit goes. Mm -hmm. But it does not have to ride that circuit, it doesn't have to get on that super highway. And it doesn't have to have that meaning for me. And I can start to explore other meanings and, and sit with them and see what shifts for me if I choose that meaning. Mm -hmm. And see how a new thought, you, you kind of examine it and see, okay, so I'm going to sit with that new thought and see if there's a possibility that that has truth. And do you notice in your body like some sort of some sort of energy shift? Have you trained yourself to be like, oh yeah, that that feels better? Well, there's a number of different ways it can play out. Sometimes just exposing ourselves to the the new meaning or the new thought immediately shifts you mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you start to experience a different emotion. And you're like, oh yeah, like why was I even stuck in that old place? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's actually a very hard thought or mean new meaning for us to believe. Yeah, yeah. And and we have to sort of think through. Well, if I did believe that, what? How, how would that shift my emotion? What would I do differently if I did believe that? And then you just say, okay, I'm gonna pick one thing to do that I would do if if I believed, I, instead of believing that mm -hmm. because I'm ill and I don't have energy, mm -hmm. I can't mm -hmm. have the impact that I want in the world. I can't make the difference or I can't have this milestone of success. Well, maybe my thought can be in the midst of my special challenges and circumstances, I can dig in and have a greater impact. I can make more difference because of my experience and what I can bring to the table and what I've learned through all of that. Well, if I believe that, what would I be doing differently? How would I be feeling differently? And a lot of times it depends on kind of how entrenched our old pattern is how hard it is to move into thinking about a new kind of meaning, but we can, we can work with it. We can test it. We can, it takes getting off the super highway and into a little more, you know, yeah, kind of desert well ground. Or... Those well-worn ruts that are the, exactly. the neural patterns that are in there just running us. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of blown away right now by that that idea. And and it makes me think of one of my favorite quotes. It's often attributed to Teddy Roosevelt, but it was in his autobiography and it, he actually quote was quoting somebody else, a guy named Squire Bill Widener, who knows who that is. But the the quote is do what you can with what you have where you are. Mm -hmm. And that's that when you're talking about that idea of okay, if that were true, if that if that new thought, if that's true, what would I do? That is that could blow things wide open. Mm. Right? And then to try doing the thing and see yes. where it takes you. That's yes. amazing. Yeah. What a great tool to try on. Huh. It's thank it's, you for that. Oh, yes, you're welcome. It's um it's been foundational for both my husband and myself because in so many ways we do get to midlife and it's such a beautiful time and also sometimes it's a little um, you know, we can start to see that there's things we've been carrying around for a long time. Yeah. And it can start to feel like, well, here I am, I'm 50 and I'm, I'm still with carrying this thing around. We can start to think, well, you know, I, obviously I can't do anything about it. I I'll just have it till the day I die. And yet it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't have to. And the thing about the coaching industry that's been so formative for Curtis and I is really coming to understand it doesn't have to just be that way forever. Mm 
there's actually a ton that I can do. And it's one of the beautiful things about all this new neuroscience research about the last 50 years of your brain is flexible. It can change. Isn't that it's exciting? not easy. It Isn't can that change, exciting? I know. I'm like, I get all like, I get so excited thinking about that because it, it opens up possibilities. I mean, for so long, what was it they would say, like after you're 18, like your cells start to die off and that, you know, that's it. Well, you know, game over. Yeah, well, you know, it's all luck. downhill from here at 18, you know, what, God forbid, you know, 50. So, I get very, talk about depressing, right? <laughs> I get very excited with the new research that's going on. I kind of geek and nerd out on it a little bit. Oh, my goodness. So, now, I mean, so you took on becoming a coach. At, how old were you, if you don't mind me asking, when you decided you were going to become a coach? Wow. I must have been 46. Love that. And so now Curtis is working with you, right? Yes. That's Shocking. So, yeah. I mean. But exciting. Right? So, so how exciting that this has touched both of your lives and that something that could have taken you down a whole other path has become something that is fueling you helping other people. Yes. It's so ironic how that seems to work <laughs> in so many lives of people I know. Yes. It's, it's the thing that they were just so challenged by or just had to dig deep and find the solution for themselves. And then it becomes their own mission and their own passion and, you know, their own movement around helping others because it's so, it's just so dear to our own heart. It's a pattern that I have noticed over and over again with my guests. Yes. that there is there's a, a point there there's that pain point that launches them into a whole new existence you know yes and so often the thing that on its external reality looks like something you wouldn't want no, and we yeah, judge absolutely. it as bad like, yeah yeah like you you wouldn't want that thing to have happened, but because it did, it created. Um, you, I think people find res, you know, there are people who can find resilience that they didn't know that they had because of the challenges. Yes, yes, and it it changes you. It it trans our challenges transform us, and if we allow them, if we allow them, if we yeah. allow them, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I can't believe it's probably time to wrap up. I kind of want to keep talking to you over and oh over and over again. I'm like looking at the time like, what happened? Again, again, like what? where does the time go? So what, what part of your story would you want people to know about that we haven't touched on? I don't want to just cut it off. I, I want to know like, is there something else that I've missed? Wow. You know, there's, there's many things I could share, but I, I feel like the takeaway of my story is there's, there's just always a difference we can make. There's always a difference we can make. And there's just this incredible wisdom and experience. And, and this has been proven to me again and again in working with women in midlife who are uh, primarily we work with women in transition or who are experiencing the emptiness, but just the, the beauty of each of these people and how much they have to offer. And I just feel like part of what I feel as a mission is witnessing to other women how much they have to offer and how much they have to bring to the world and the 
amount of the difference that they can make in those around them, regardless of whether they see it right now or not. Uh, amen. Amen. That is a, an, an enormous service to to reflect back to somebody the the possibility in what they can do and, and the difference that they can make. Because I think, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Karen, do you, I feel like when we get to midlife, because of those neural patterns and all the well-worn ruts and all that stuff, sometimes we've told ourselves this story about ourselves oh so many times. There's feelings of ongoing failure that I'm putting it in quotes, you know, whatever you have deemed where you there've been a shortcoming in your life that you've you've kept this on on repeat and and I think for especially maybe especially for women and maybe especially for empty nesters or you know women who have gone through divorce in midlife and all of a sudden they're 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 facing this this emptiness and chasm right of what was their purpose and what what to do now yes that's so on point yeah and there's there can be like this thing uh especially for women who have raised children who maybe stayed home where they they don't see that they have value that can translate into something else you know yes and, and and it's just at that moment that that it's like there's there's what we see in the microcosm and then there's this whole background of possibility and it's in many ways it can be a crisis for many of us a crisis of identity a crisis of purpose um just what am i even doing here anymore and i don't have anything to offer i I don't have anything to give now, or it's not wanted, but it's like in that crisis, it's just such a deep moment of renewal. It's a deep moment of digging deeper and allowing the transformation to take hold that we need in order to see those background possibilities and step into something really new for ourselves and something powerful for those around us. That is tremendous work to be doing. That must be incredibly gratifying for you. It's so inspiring. It's so inspiring. And it's my favorite work of the week to be in there working with people and having those coaching conversations. I always leave inspired always leave inspired oh amazing oh i'm so glad that we had the chance to sit and talk and is there anything coming up that you're excited about for myself you mean yeah yes well my husband and i are taking a little some things new on in our Uh business so we will be launching our own podcast in the next few months that's and very I'm cool. very excited Welcome to the about the Podcaster that. Club. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm honored to be a part of it with all of the wonderful, wonderful midlife podcasts that I've already been exposed to, including your own, which has been simply delightful. Thank you. For both Curtis and myself. So that's a new endeavor that we're very much, very much looking forward to. It is, it can be life-changing, Karen. I'm very excited for you. We're going to have to talk again. And I'm going to pick your brain. About yeah, podcasting. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. That is awesome. Um, I'm always excited when people decide they want to take on a podcast because it has been, it has been life-changing for me. Um, that's very cool. And where can people find information about you? Or come to the you best. for coaching or anything yes the best place is our website it's thmlcoaching.com and so that has basic information about us it has a place to contact us we'd love to connect with any of your listeners and and get to know them more we really always enjoy making connections and sharing what we do 
and um, finding out where people are and if we can support them. Very cool. And it's the Melios Coaching, correct? Correct. Okay, cool. And the um, real quick before I, I let you go, you have um, the Life in Abundance program that is part of that, right? J just real quick, if you wouldn't mind giving us a, a little bit of a, a nutshell description of what that program is. Yes, that is our signature group coaching program. And that's where we gather uh, women in midlife. And in our program, it's it's often women whose youngest kids are in high school all the way through maybe, you know, they have kids in their mid to late 20s. And we really embrace this season of transition together of going intentionally through the phases of transition, reconnecting with ourselves, finding new purpose, learning how to create new purpose as well in our life. And set this foundation for those next 20 years. And that's what the Melios means in Greek is foundation. And it's because we that's what we really want to be helping people do is it's almost setting a new foundation that can springboard us into the next season of life. I love that. And I'm so glad you told me what the Melios means because that was actually, I wanted to ask you that. So yay. We covered that. That's great. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your time today. And yeah, just thank you. This was fantastic. Thank you so much, Yvonne. It's been such a delight to chat with you and I look forward to staying connected. Me too. Well, there you have it. Karen is an example to me of someone who found her own way through a difficult time and is using what she learned to help other women navigate those downtimes, those challenges. I love that she talks about being a witness to other women for how much they have to offer and how much they have to bring to the world and the difference that they can make to those around them regardless of whether they see it right now or not. I mean, that might be you. It might be me. I don't think we see the difference that we can make around us sometimes. I think we're blind to it and to have somebody else witness that. I mean, hopefully we can all do that for each other, you know? If you want to know more about Karen and her coaching programs, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 99. And while you're there, you can also find a link to sign up for a free guide that I created called Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. It will come to you as an email series with some ideas and practical exercises that you can use over the course of several weeks to get you past feeling stuck. You just do them at your own pace. They'll be waiting for you in your inbox when you're ready for the next step. But, you know, try to commit. See if you can do a little something every week, you know? That's about it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.